This episode of No Bad Food is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Are you a producer of artisan food or drinks looking to get your name out there? Look no further. Whiskey Lane's team of social media, branding, and marketing experts is here to help. They'll take care of all that stuff for you so that you can focus on doing what you do best, making awesome products for your customers. Here at No Bad Food, we know that buying locally made products goes a long way toward making our world more sustainable, and that's why we're proud to be sponsored by Whiskey Lane. So, what are you waiting for? Grab your nearest artisan cheese or homebrewed IPA and run to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And remember, that's whiskey the Canadian way. Without any. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time with me. I hope you don't mind. We'll take it slow this time. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week, we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing our favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Today, we're talking all about kidney stones. But before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember when the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. If you're not from here, you may not know that my home province of Quebec is the largest dairy producer in the entire country, with thousands of dairy farms scattered throughout the province. My guest on today's episode, Kenny Struley, comes from a family of dairy farmers, but we know each other from theater school. While he isn't one for the farm life himself, he's definitely passionate about food, and his latest project, Stoned, is a stage play exploring how his love of one specific type of food led him to a bit of a medical dilemma. Kidney stones. Now, before you worry that this show is going to be all doom and gloom and anti-sodium, let me assure you right out the gate that that is super duper not my style or my brand. I love salt, and so does Kenny. So for today's show, we're going to hear his story about growing up between two dairy farms, falling in love with cooking, and eating enough pretzels to give himself kidney stones multiple times. As a quick disclaimer, here's a few helpful tips from kidney.org, a very real website, on ways to avoid kidney stones without cutting delicious salt from your diet, because let's face it, salt is delicious, and it's all about balance. Number one, stay hydrated, especially on a hot, sweaty day like today here in Montreal, where it is uh, super duper humid and disgusting. The more you sweat, the less you pee. And peeing is one of the main things that your kidney does. So if you don't pee enough, your kidneys are more likely to form kidney stones in the first place. So if you're sweating a lot, drink a lot of water to rehydrate, because really you kind of want to be peeing just like constantly, like never stop peeing. Never stop peeing. Number two, calcium and oxalate are not your enemies. An imbalance between calcium and oxalate can cause higher rates of kidney stones, so just make sure that you're eating a good amount of both. Eat things like peanuts and beets and spinach and sweet potatoes and chocolate and cheese and yogurt. Just make sure that your diet stays varied and delicious and you'll be fine. It's not about cutting out one or the other, it's about having plenty of both. 
Number three, eat more fruits, vegetables, and whole grains. Again, everything in life, and especially in kidney stones, is about balance. So if you want to be able to get away with eating lots of salty, fatty meat like I do, make sure to also eat delicious vegetables while you're at it. You know broccoli? Broccoli fucking rules. Just eat it. Greens are awesome. If you don't like vegetables, you probably just haven't had them prepared properly. Feel free to hit me up. I will give you some tips to make your vegetables more delicious because, yeah, veggies can be boring. If you haven't grown up eating good veggies, if you haven't figured out how to make veggies good, I get that. It's possible. Maybe I should do more veggie-forward content, actually, (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, hit me up if you need some tips about how to make your vegetables tastier and more exciting for you. I am happy to help you out with that because I'm good at it. Anyway. Don't get kidney stones. Go drink an entire glass of water right now, like like right this moment. Do it. Pee while listening to this podcast. And enjoy this conversation with Kenny Struley. My guest on today's show is Kenny Struley. Kenny is an actor and writer and the artistic producer at Mainline Theatre and the Montreal Fringe. He's also currently about 60% of the way through crowdfunding his latest project, Stoned, a solo show about the birth of a kidney stone. As part of his crowdfunding initiative, you can get all kinds of tasty treats courtesy of various members of his family. And we're going to hear all about that in a little bit. But first, hi, Kenny. Hello, Tom. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really I really love your podcast, and I never thought I'd be on it because I didn't consider myself someone who would be like a chef or something, and then you got me on here talking about it, so I'm very excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, that's it. When you um, So we'll, we'll get into this in a minute, but when you posted your crowdfunding project and you were like talking about kidney stones and all of the perks are food-based things, I was like, oh, man, like I want to get Kenny on here to promote this because it sounds really cool, and it is like... You know, it's not specifically about food, but it is kind of about food, you know? So I feel like it makes yeah. it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think they, they just go parallel together. And I just like, like I, I guess I just never thought about it. But no, I'm really I'm really happy to be on here. And it totally makes sense. And yeah, let, let's talk food. Let's get let's get into it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. So so obviously, you and I, we've known each other for about, I want to say almost 12 years now. We met in theater school. Back you did. In... Oh my God. It has been 12. It, it's been like 11, 11 years, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's well, crazy. We went to school in 2010. Yeah. It's been crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> and a fun fact for you, you are one of the first people that I ever met who like grew up kind of farm adjacent. Did you live on a farm or just like had farms in your family? I can't remember. No, my, uh, my, my father and his brothers have a dairy farm. There we go. Uh, that, that, that's really, uh, oh, that was not a part of my life. I okay. did not enjoy it. I was, for- <laughs> I was forced to work on the farm, Sure, but I never, I never, I never enjoyed it. And actually on my mother's side, she also, her family has a, a dairy farm as well, but, but they're organic. Okay. So I've always lived between both of them. I, I remember in, in high school, like there was like a debate at some point during one of the classes. I forget which one, but they were saying like, "Which one are you more for, organic or not?" And I was like, "Well, I actually kind of have both, and I don't <laughs> actually know which side to be on." And like, it was a real like uh, life dilemma I was kind of facing there yeah. in high school. Being like, which, which, "Which side do I go on?" But no, I I was raised on a dairy farm. Um, actually, this morning I just want to go help my dad put the plastic on the silo, which Ooh. is like the you know where the food goes. And there's these is these new kind of silos. They're they're longer. They're not like towards the sky like towers. Okay, it's more like you just put food and and, and then you just cover it with plastic so that it doesn't rot and stuff like that. Interesting. And uh, yeah, that was that was at six a.m. this morning. And I'm telling you, I'm not a morning person. So oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was pretty I was pretty like. Ugh. <laughs> like uh, a little, a little groggy this morning, trying to get work done and stuff like that. And I just got my vaccine shot yesterday, so my whole like system is like trying to figure oh. out what's going on. <laughs> I can't imagine like having to do any kind of work at six o'clock in the morning the day after getting your vaccine. That's a that's miserable. 
kudos to you yeah. for still breathing and and whatnot <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because my uncle my uncle actually got his shot as well and he started at 4 30 oh. a.m so i don't know how he's doing so they let you like, sleep he, in they, I was I was the last one at the farm. Like I know you and I were both like, "What? That's very early." But I was the last one at the, on the farm this this morning. So That's amazing. I'm not the uh, the model. To follow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, I've also been awake since six ish. But that's because you know toddlers do what they want to do. There you go. Yep. Kids, kids will be your alarm clock. There, there you go. That's a That's natural a... alarm clock you get right at home. <laughs> exactly. I've been falling into this pattern recently where he'll wake up at like six you know sometimes he goes back to sleep sometimes he just like rolls around for a little while and hangs out uh but then because it throws off my routine a little bit usually i try to get up at seven but anytime he wakes up before seven i then end up getting up at eight and it just throws my whole morning off so oh wow so when he wakes up at at six like because he falls back asleep and you're in bed till eight yeah or you know he wakes up at six and i wake up with him and then i'm like well i'm tired gonna keep sleeping you know (laughs) It's, it's I, listen, I, I I applaud every parent. I applaud you, Tom. Like having having a child wake you up at six a.m. is uh, something I'm not prepared for. Yeah. <laughs> on the bright side, he never makes me put up plastic on a silo. So you know that's 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 it. You, you know you gotta pick and choose. You gotta pick and choose here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I always like to get my guests to kind of paint us a little picture about you know themselves and kind of the the way that they relate to food. And so like obviously, you know, having grown up between two farms. How did you, what did you eat growing up? Tell us about your food life. Oh, I mean, my mother is a very excellent cook and she has always done home cooked meals. You know, she, she, again, she comes from her farming background. She actually, um, every year grows an outdoor garden. So fresh vegetables. And I mean, like, it's a large garden. She's got like beets and beans and carrots and, uh, peppers this year and tomatoes and and climbing beans she's got these weird towers growing in the garden and i just love that but my mom is really good at turning every meal like fantastic and Mm -hmm. like it's it's been it's been a challenge like trying to grow up and then and then not have her cook for me anymore and then try (laughs) to make my, my food as flavorful as she would do i mean my mom is just like you know, when I when I call her, she'll she'll basically tell me exactly like how to fix a meal, what to do, and you know, her and I have had many conversations about cooking and recipes. My mom is the type of person to buy herself a recipe book every every week, but actually like look into it and say, I'm gonna make this, this, and this, and buy the ingredients for it and try it out, and then and then put her own twist on it to really make it homey. You know, with her Swiss German background, there's so much like. Oh, I mean, like, I, if, if I just ate my mom's food, I, I, I would uh, be happy forever. But I, you know, I had, to, I had, to, I had to move out and go back to the city. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, my mom, and I, you know, I think my grandmother also jumps in that board. Like, she, she lives right below us, so, okay. so, um, she, I've always enjoyed her meals. And recently, I just had her cheese macaroni from my grandmother, and that was incredible. No, I, I, I I've been surrounded by a lot of home cooked meals mm-hmm. by fantastic folks. I love that. And that's where kind of this idea for this crowdfunding thing that we're going to talk about later came from. It's really the inspiration of them, you know, like my mom is always in the kitchen. My mom and I share the same passion. We both enjoy cooking. Okay. And I don't know if you've had this, Tom, a lot of people on your sh- show. I've noticed that there's people who love cooking and there's people who love cleaning. And oh, like, sure. if you compare yourself up with the person who loves cleaning when you love cooking, like you're set for life. Right. You're, you're set for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have never been in that situation before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that's the 
that 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 there's other people who don't do any of it, and I and then it's hard to work with those people. But if you can find that one person who's the opposite of you, like I just mean like it's it's a match made in heaven. So so my my mom and I, it's funny. I, I made brownies when I was down here for the last two weeks, and she was like, after it was done, she was like. Kenny, you need to clean right away. And I'm like, come on, no, we we have a deal. We don't clean till later. <laughs> but no, then I yeah got the clean up and made it all happen. And uh, yeah, that's it. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So so tell me a bit about this project. You so you got a kidney stone in 2019, and that got you thinking hard about kidney stones, as it you know tends to. I mean, I am. Uh, <laughs> I am a hardcore salt lover. Like I just love salt. You know, when I when I finish uh, a bag of pretzels, like 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 the chip pretzels, I will like eat the salt at the bottom of the bag. Like sure. I will like I will dip my finger in it. I will lick it. I will empty that salt. And I and I did that for years with no problems, with mm-hmm. nothing. And I was, you know, I. Two weeks before I got my kidney stone, I looked at my Medicare card and I was like, I haven't used you in a long time. And my <laughs> Medicare card was like, my Medicare card was like, well, just do wait. I have a surprise for you in a couple of seconds. And, um, you know, I, I just, I never, I never considered my diet like unhealthy. I just, I enjoyed salt. Sure. I enjoyed, sure. like, I, I, you can ask people, like, I love taking a cucumber dipping it in salt throwing it in my mouth and then like taking a bite but then putting more salt like there's a great spice in Swiss in Switzerland called Aromat oh it's so good it's so like you just drop it on there like I I got a box like like it gets specially shipped into Canada my grandmother goes and picks it up buys me a box I can put this on and I put it on everything and it's so salty so in May uh, right before the festival that I produce um, I (laughs) I suddenly had a pain in my body and I was like, what is this? And I was like, no, no, it's, it's nothing bad. I'm going to go home. Nope, nope. The, uh, the, 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 nope. My, my friends uh, rushed me to the hospital and uh, I was giving birth to uh, two kidney stones, which uh, was very painful. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, when I saw the doctor after this whole procedure happened, the first thing he said was like, well, you're going to have to cut your salt intake. And I was just like, is there anything else we can do? <laughs> you know, I was like, is there anything else we can do? And of course, there's like drinking more citrus stuff. There's more, uh, there, there, there's drinking more water, which I've done. And I, I actually forgot how much I enjoyed drinking water. I know it's a boring thing to say, but I really enjoy drinking water. Um, but no, like, and, and to be honest with you, I, I thought like after a while, a whole year of like, like being good, I, I did it again. I had one. Uh, bag of pretzels, ate the salt at the end of it, and the next week, I swear to God, without missing a heartbeat, I had another kidney oh, stone. No. I came out, and I was, and I was like, "No, like you are not allowed to, you are not allowed to spoil yourself with this salt." And listen, when 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 I did it, the friend I was with was like, "What did, did you just say? You you had salt?" And I was like, "Yeah, I did the thing." And she, and she was like, "What are you, what are you doing?" <laughs> so, so. Yeah, so I, I really decided to um, to uh, focus on not getting any more kidney stones. Sure. But, you know, so 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 this this happened right before the Fringe, and there's an event at the Fringe that a bunch of team members get together and tell stories about the festival and stuff like that, and I was asked to tell a story. And it's, it's, it's more towards, like, the, the, the stories that, like, leave a mark or, like, give you give you a good life lesson. Sure. So I decided to tell my story about kidney stones, and it... Um, 
these stories are supposed to be like five minutes long. You're not supposed to do a five, you're not, you know, and I went on stage because it was a stage when we did it and I lasted for 20 minutes. Like wow. I had a 20 minute set without, and it was all improvised. It was all just like, just telling, retelling and reliving the story of me getting kidney stones. And, uh, my uh, director, Amy Blackmore, uh, who's the executive and artistic director at Mainline, she filmed part of it. And, you know, when we were walking home, her and I, she said, that's that's your next show. And and during that time, I was working on my other show that I, that I was working on about my, my grandmother, and it's called Malunderstood. Um, so I was working on it, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that'll be for, like, we'll put that in the bank, and we'll figure it out later. But then it actually became like now that I like when I went back and the Malinderstood was kind of done in, in its format, I looked back at this show and I was like, oh, right. And there's this whole like, 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 let's let's look back into it. Let's let's make it happen. Let's live through this like horrific moment <laughs> and like put it on the page and like make it a, a play. I don't know. It's it's I really enjoy telling people stories. Yeah. And I think this is like another perfect way of, of me getting to do that. I think what's interesting is that, and, and you brought this up when we were setting up this interview, is that like um, I, I didn't think I didn't think of the connection between the sodium and, and and food making and stuff like that for this podcast. And like, yeah, it totally makes sense, right? Because I, I I thought you know like oh yeah the the crowdfunding that I'm doing through La Ruche, which is a project that was sort of um, that is happening because Le Conseil des Arts de Montréal and Mainline Theater have partnered together to give artists the chance to. Uh, raise funds for the development of their next shows and they I was able to be selected from it which was really exciting yeah um, and then of course I decided to um, put food on the pro uh, on the table to offer people and we'll, we'll get into that in just a second but it, it's I, I think I think it's just you know you have a podcast about food this show is about sodium and and and, and you know and like my so it, it, I, I think food absolutely makes a conversation. It, you know, it brings a conversation when you're making it. There's a conversation when you're eating it. There's a conversation afterwards when you want to exchange recipes. So it's just like I, I, I think like I think th th these conversations go hand in hand. You know, like it's just it's it's a beautiful thing. I, listen, I get really passionate about cooking. Like cooking yeah. to me is such a, a a relaxing thing. I do this at the end of the day or I do this on the Sunday and I like lock myself in my apartment. My friends are like, Hey, let's hang out. And I'm like, no, no, I'm one time. I so, sorry. I'm going all over the place. That's you okay. let me know when you want me to talk about other things. Um, a friend was like, let's go for an ice cream. And I said, sure. And when we were walking towards the ice cream place, I said to her, I said, I'm sorry, but I only have an hour because my, my, my bread is rising at home. <laughs> So I need to get back home and like do it at, when we're done getting ice cream. And she was very understanding, but I, do, I was just like, you know, like Sunday is really my day of like baking and getting ready for the week. But it's also like making the bread and like you know, like embracing the the making of the food. You know, yeah. like there's really there's really a process, to it and, and it's a really relaxing. When I've had like a stressful day from work, I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes be like, I'll be like making pretzels, like making pretzels, like at 10 p.m. at night, just because it's just like. It's so relaxing. It's sure. so peaceful, and like, it really, it really gets my thoughts all together, and 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 makes uh, makes makes me really happy. I love that. I also think that there's something there's something really fun about going from, you know, eating a bag of pretzels, finishing the salt at the bottom of the bag, uh, that giving you kidney stones, to now making homemade pretzels. You know, where you can kind of control the salt input a little bit more, right? You can, you know. You could keep yourself safe. Yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely right.
But there is a moment when I'm putting the salt on the homemade pretzels where like the devil and the angel show up sure. on my shoulder and they're just like, they're like, hey, can you put some more? And the angel's like, no, no, think about the kidney stones you'll get. And I'm just like, oh, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe the feeling about salt. Salt is just amazing. It I is. just, I could eat salt forever. The trick is to make yourself a really vinegary mustard to eat on the side. And that'll just like, you know, the acid will cut through the salt and you'll be fine. I, maybe. I'm not a doctor. Don't take my word on that. You know what, Tom? I'm going to test this out. And if I if I have to go back to the hospital for kidney stones, I'll say, like, listen, my friend who said, who, he said he wasn't a doctor. He recommended it. <laughs> I, I just took it. I took his word and I and I tried it. So it doesn't. What you're saying to me is that it doesn't work. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Look, not a doctor, just a person with a food podcast. <laughs> I do think it would be delicious one way or another. I mean, I, I I think so. I think yeah, that sounds like a great combination with the pretzel. Oh yeah. Hey there, it's the mid-roll. Have you peed yet? Drink more water. You're gonna have to pee soon. I hope you pee. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Maybe a friend who needs a reminder that they should be drinking lots of water so that they can constantly be peeing. Never stop. For every new rating review I get during the month of July, I'm going to be donating $2 to an organization called Gender Creative Kids. Gender Creative Kids is an organization that aims to run workshops and community events for trans, non-binary, and gender creative youth and their parents, providing gender-affirming gear, educational tools, advocacy, and help for their parents in learning how to better adapt to their kids' changing needs. Having parents who are properly equipped and affirming of their gender identity is a really huge factor in improving the quality of life of trans kids. So this is something that I care a lot about, and you can learn more about what Gender Creative Kids is doing at the link in the description of this episode. Now that this show has been heavily focused on food for a while, I want to encourage you to go leave a new rating and review on Apple Podcasts, even if you've left one in the past, because odds are pretty good that your past review is no longer up to date and no longer relevant. Uh, and it's also entirely possible that your past review misgenders me because I only started using they, them pronouns like maybe a year ago. So um, go leave a rating review if you haven't before and also update your old one if you have, because I don't like being misgendered and I'll still count it as a new rating review and I'll still donate extra money to gender creative kids for it. So yeah, go do that. Last but not least, if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to last week's episode, where I talked to Iron Chef Anna Olson about butter tarts and the importance of trusting the process and recipe instructions while baking, go cue that up and listen to it when you finish this one. Anna had a lot of encouraging advice for people like me who want to get into baking for the first time but feel unequipped or overwhelmed by the whole prospect of it, and shared a lot of tips for making awesome baked goods and especially awesome butter tarts so yeah go check that out it was really really cool to get to talk to her she's like one of my food tv heroes because i grew up watching her and i got to talk to her and that was really really neat so check it out all right so go pour yourself another glass of water and let's get back to my conversation with kenny strilly speaking of deliciousness tell us a little bit about the various food-based perks that people can get by donating to your campaign yeah so so um so this is basically la ruche is a new crowdfunding program that uh, the bank of desjardins has created and they've associated themselves with the conseil des arts de montreal and mainline theater so i get to choose exactly what i wanted to do because i come from a farm i decided to make my products really homemade 
So like, I really wanted to like pretend that you were going to the market, and I called it Le Marché Struly Market. So you could just pretend you're walking to the market and you see there's a bunch of things on my table that you can purchase, which will go back to supporting the production, of course. And when I say the production, I mean really the development, because mm -hmm. we're really at the beginning phases of it all. Sure. Right now, I'm just looking at the video, making a script from it, and thinking like, how I, can I connect it to my own story with my family and stuff like that. Uh, it's very at the beginning phase of it all, but I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. So let's say you come to my online market <laughs> on LaRoche-Quebec.com uh, and you, you see that there's pretzels. They're called Shirley's Pretzels for $15. So I will make you a delicious pretzel, handmade. Uh, gonna, you know, that was really, an, I want to give myself a challenge for 2020. You know, COVID-19 was not already enough of a challenge. I want to give myself a baking challenge. Sure. I had I had learned that here how to make my my mother's uh, Swiss German milk bread, which is called Zopf. Sure, Z yeah, yeah. O uh, with the umlaut. Uh, PF, I think. Anyways, Zopf is what I learned how to make it. It's, it's really like a knotted bread and like it has milk in it and it's really great. And I said, you know what? I really enjoy like making that some kind of like twisted stuff like how, what more can i do and i said i'm gonna give myself a challenge i'm gonna learn how to make pretzels and then uh they turned out really good so good <laughs> my family continuously asks for them um and i had friends when i joined some zoom calls they were like oh my god you could start a whole business called truly's pretzels and and you could have dipping sauces and it became this whole it, it kind of took over an entire conversation that was not supposed to be like that and sure. i've had people still sure. contact me being like so when are we opening this truly's pretzels thing and i'm just like I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And then, of course, uh, you know, for those of you like, you know what? I don't want a pretzel, Kenny. What else do you have to offer me? Uh, my mom has donated some preserves that she's made, mm. uh, which is so exciting. She has she has been working on this, I think, since 2016. She may have done it before, but like when she went to hardcore into it, it was like 2016, where she took beets and she took uh, bread and butter pickles. She's done zoo jars of zucchini uh, large pickles tomato sauce salsa like my mom has like learned a lot of recipes and just preserved them all whatever is preservable my mom has probably preserved amazing um so so right now we're offering on the on the website you can get between either beets or uh bread and butter pickles they're very good i have them all the time as a snack on the side when i'm kind of like i don't know what to eat i don't know it's kind of late what kind of snack i just went running ah oh, i'll have a, like a, a jar of preserved uh Beets, which is really good. Go to the list because there's so many things on my beautiful Marché Struli market. I have I went to Switzerland with my grandmother, which is, was an absolutely life-changing trip. It was the first time I ever flew, and I met her sister, uh, which is my great aunt Verena. Which it's Verena, but it's in in Swiss German it's Frini, which is very very interesting. Why the A becomes the it, it is so Frini uh, welcomed us in her home, and I mean like if you want to talk about like someone who cooks like a god that woman like she in switzerland you have like a medium-sized breakfast you have a large lunch and then you have like just charcuterie and mm. bread at night and it's just like i wish i could eat like that all the time <laughs> there was this bread she bought at the market was fantastic like when there was no more i was like where where can i go get this and like fill my suitcase with it but what was really exciting is that she made me try this jam and i was um and I was a bit skeptic. I was like, okay, this jam. And she was like, it's a dandelion jam. Mm. And I was like, okay, now you've lost me. Like, come on. Like, dandelions from the garden, like, the ones that, like, your kids pick up and give you and pretend like it's a big present. And I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. And, Tom, I was amazed. This was, like, such an incredible jam. I, I, I immediately said to her, you have to give me the recipe. 
it, you have to give me a jar. If I can bring it back to Canada, I will. And, and I did. And I brought it back to Canada and it was just fantastic. And I've had this recipe. I just haven't had time to do it. And, you know, you have to plan when you're going to pick up your dandelions. So this year, because of the pandemic, I was like, you know what? It's This is the year. This is the year I'm in the house. And for some reason, I thought jam was like a bit more complicated to make. But when I put everything together and I like cut all the so a lot of the question, number one question people ask when I say that I make mm-hmm. a dandelion jam, it's uh, they ask if it's the flower or the leaves, and it's really the flower. So yeah. I, I take apart all the yellow, put that in a in a pot, boil it, uh, and then from that I make a dandelion jam. It's very good. Mm-hmm. We are sold out of that product, but if anyone wants it, just like really wants it, get in contact with me. I'll figure something out. <laughs> I will figure something out to make sure that you get that dandelion jam. Amazing. Now, one of the last food items that I'm, I'm, I have for sale on this is my Aunt Susie's chicken and ginger dim sums. So my Aunt Susie has literally traveled the entire world uh, when she worked for Fairmount as a leadership coordinator and sort of like, you know, really uh, got to experience all these cultures when she went there. And she, I, I want to live through her. She like went to all these countries, talked about the food she ate, talked about the people she met, and just like she's learned all these cooking skills. And for one uh, holiday, she uh, she took out these these uh, dumplings, these dim sums, and I, and I ate one. I was like, and she was like, oh yeah, these are homemade. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and it, and then she was like, yeah, these are homemade. I said, next uh, holiday, you're going to teach me how to make these. And she's like, okay. And I kept my word, and I showed up the year the, the year after that. She had a whole like her whole kitchen was set up for me, ready to go, and like I learned how to make them. And since then, I've made like these dumplings, and like I have to make seventy in one batch, and then I freeze them. Sure. But they're the perfect like meal. You you oh you don't know what to cook. You just take like six out, put them in your steamer, bada bing, bada boom, and you just eat them. And it's just it it's so incredible. And I mean like thanks to my aunt like learning this, and and and, and I think that's what. What I learned with like this fundraising thing is that like cooking with someone and transferring that knowledge is just such a, such a, a unique moment, mm-hmm. such a such a, a moment that you you won't be able to share with anyone else, you know, unless you're ready then to share your recipe. And I think cooking with someone and cooking for someone is such a vulnerable thing, you know. Like when I go on dates and then I bring my date home, if I'm going to cook them a meal, it's a big deal. Like right. it's like we're getting serious, and I, I you know. Get ready, and you know it's funny because like those like first date things, it's just like you're you're unsure of like how you always want to be positive when you're starting to date. So, but then I always tell the people like I'm just like no no you have to, you have to be honest with me like is it is it good is it not good like you know you have to tell me if it's good. And when I have friends over, it's always the same thing too. It's just like it's also a vulnerable moment. You know, it's just like a a moment of like oh I'm about to cook. So yeah, so I am putting myself on the line. I am cooking for friends uh, with my market here now. There's a product. Uh, the last product that I haven't mentioned, I'll just mention it quickly sure. because it's not it's not food based, but it's it's one that I think is really exciting. Is that you can adopt the cow. I so from that. my dad's farm, you can absolutely adopt the cow. You'll get um, you'll get some updates online about the cow. Uh, you may even receive some pictures in the mail about your cow and see how your cow's doing. You'll have that for an entire year. See how your cow's doing uh, as it travels through the farm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you get some 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 updates from it. You you know I'll I'll we'll be sending you a certificate with the uh, with all the details of your cow and yeah it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be that that's a that's a little little bit of fun one and you can tell people look I've adopted a cow on on the Strilly farm. <laughs> I love that man. Well hey, 
I mean, obviously, you at the time of this recording, you're already at 60%. Uh, one of your perks has sold out. I am beyond confident that you're going to get all the funding that you need. And I'm really excited to see where this thing goes. But I hope that, you know, I hope that it goes even better than you think it will. I hope that it exceeds your expectations. I mean, we, we I launched this last Wednesday for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I am absolutely gobsmacked with how generous people have been. The fact that, like, we have received already... 59% is outstanding. It's absolutely outstanding. Like I can't I can't believe it. Yes, I think people are feeling the pressure of um if I don't hit the $2000 then I get then no one gets anything. Right. So I think there's a bit of that pressure of people like well I want to want to make sure I get my cow. Right. I want to yeah. make sure that I get my and and I think people also do really want to support the project which has just mm-hmm. been a heartwarming thing. You know, I I'm still kind of I'm still over the moon with the fact that we're at 60%. You know, I, I was thinking like, you know, I have till the end of August to get all this, these funds and like I, I'll push it a bit later and stuff like that. But the fact that like I wake up in the morning and it's going up on its own because people are excited about the project. I mean, it's just, it's just, uh, I thank everyone for it. And I, I think for, for any of your listeners that are listening that want to purchase something or just want to share it, like that's already so much already. Like I, I really appreciate it. And you know, um, yeah, thank you. I guess I just want to say a huge <laughs> thank you to everyone uh, for for really participating in this in this crazy idea, you know? Because like it's funny because I I was looking at other people's crowdfunding as inspiration because mm-hmm. it's it's always good to look around, right? Like to get ideas from other people, and I didn't I didn't see anyone really go to like the food side yeah. of it all. And I think when I when I was talking to the people at Lavish, being like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, they were kind of like okay you know you have to collect two thousand dollars you know like it might be hard to do and like i think people have i've really i've noticed that people have been like purchasing like a couple of things from the different categories mm-hmm. you can buy like a couple and, and, and it really feels like people have come to my table at this yeah. market and like i'm just bagging it all up for them and i'm going to do it for that so yeah so so whatever whatever people decide to buy will just be packaged to them and then delivered which i also think it's gonna be such a nice moment of like Thank you for donating. Here I am. Here's the stuff. Thank you. And just like, I, I can't wait. And and you're right, Tom. Like, the 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 crowdfunding could go over like the two thousand right. dollars. It could go on. And I'm curious to see how how far it goes. And I've had friends being like, I'm I'm coming. I'm I'm deciding what products I want. I'm deciding what I want. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And it's just like I think it's, I think it's really beautiful. I had someone email yeah. me being like, I'm letting my kids decide, but it's between the cow or the dandelion jam. And you and it's just like you know like. I, it's just such a nice moment it's just like a you know again it gives you that feeling of like coming to the market going and like see your products and like you're like my mom is was like so excited that like three people have decided to get her canned goods you know and it's just like it's just like like i i we i think there's something really special about being the cook for people Mm -hmm. and i think like that i i don't I don't. I, I. I think the nostalgia of the farm has passed over me. I'm no longer sure. impressed with the farm. But every time I bring someone down to the farm, they're like, "Oh my god!" And and you got cows here, and you got a field there, and and every time I have to go, like, "No, no, I don't. My dad <laughs> does. This is my dad's farm. I, I again have nothing to do with this farm. We just share the last name." And I'm really proud of my family for really what yeah. they do. You know, my my dad and his and and his brothers are like the first Quebec farm to have a robotic milking machine a robotic carousel which is really like a whole system in its own and like bringing people to the farm is just like people people really get to experience it and Mm -hmm. and and i think like i think i can't bring everyone to the farm sure so this crowdfunding is really there to like get that feeling that people are a part of the farm and 
get to get to share a, a, a meal with me from a distance you know yeah i love that well kenny we are out of time uh thank you again so much for phoning in for being part of the show uh i really am excited to see what happens with your project i'm like i said before i'm super confident that you're gonna reach your funding but i uh yeah i cannot wait i, I think this is gonna be very cool and uh I just got below my credit card limit again, so I may or may not be ordering something from you myself Ooh, after this call. Mm. I'm very excited. <laughs> uh, thank you for your confidence, Tom. Thank you for having me on this uh, podcast with you. you. You do such a great job with it. Thank you. And I'm so happy you you got it going on. And thank you. Thank you for you, for finding the connection between <laughs> this crowdfunding and your podcast. Like, Because again, you know, like it, it's just something where it's like, oh, like it, it, do these things connect? absolutely Always. no and I, I really i really appreciate it thank My you pleasure. so much for having me people can find the link to the crowdfunding page in the description of this episode for ease of access so don't even worry about it uh if you're having trouble because you know how do you spell conseil des Arts? don't even worry about it just click the link it's, it's also right i can there. make it simpler for you just go to kennystruly.ca you can find it there as well oh, perfect. direct link to it afterwards kennystruly.ca will bring you right there you can uh, check amazing. it out and uh, purchase all your things great and that's also a great place for people to see all the other stuff you're working on i imagine i exactly yeah there's there's a bunch of things keep, <laughs> keeps me out of trouble so yeah <laughs> perfect keep kenny out of trouble give him some money get some tasty food kennystruly.ca thanks kenny take care thank you and that's it for this episode of No Bad Food. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want to join the conversation and maybe tell us how many times you peed while listening to this episode? Was it more than three? That might be a problem. Was it less than one? That also might be a problem. Drink more water. Pee all the time. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at NoBadFoodPod or at TomZalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to Patreon.com slash NoBadFoodPod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendallin, Carlea, Thomas, George Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show, so if that's exciting for for you, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. Hey, you know what Patreon starts with? P. Go do it. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course, you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls, and our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links for both of them, as well as links to everything that Kenny wants you to check out in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at Upford Network. Dot com. Go drink more water. And remember, pee all the time. Never stop peeing. If you stop peeing, you will get kidney stones and die. See you next week. You I'm Tefra Jemian, the producer and host of the Yeah Podcast, a young adult lit review podcast focusing on amplifying the diverse voices in YA literature. Join us as we dig into the world of young adult books, reviewing new releases, revisiting old classics, and exploring what YA lit can teach us. 
at any age. Discover the world of YA Lit through exclusive author interviews, book reviews, genre smackdowns, and more. The Yeah! Podcast, available through the Upford Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else you find your podcasts. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah! If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else.